Welcome to the Healthcare Business Secrets Show, where we interview industry leaders and break down exactly how they're dominating their markets so you can learn from the best and can double your revenue, double your impact, and double your time off. In this episode, we're talking with Justin Andrews. Justin is a fitness coach, entrepreneur, and co-host of the super successful podcast show, Mind Pump Radio. Welcome to the show, Justin. Hey, thanks for having me. You're doing ridiculously well in the podcasting space and, and building programs like we're talking about in the pre-show uh, for people to be able to, to get healthy, get fit, get strong, et cetera. Give us a little bit of a background on you and how you got into the space because a lot of people like the idea of having podcast shows and things like that. But what, what kind of got you to the point of, I'm going to get into the fitness space, I'm going to start a podcast, and I'm going to build a business off the back of it? Yeah. I mean, it was a really interesting set of circumstances that brought me to where we are now. I started out as a personal trainer and this was uh, about uh, five or six years in the industry of um, just working for myself and, and creating a business for myself that was viable and uh, lots of learning experiences that I went through to get to a point where I was successful and had a good clientele and a good base. And I had met a few other entrepreneur type trainers uh, in my time uh, around here in San Jose, where I'm from. And I basically just by chance uh, had reconnected with Sal and Adam. Actually, just Adam first uh, had worked with him in the past. He was my manager. And we were talking about different things that we were working on. Uh, I at the time was working on writing a book. I was uh, working on creating an app. And we had similar interests in mind and uh, decided that there was this new thing out there called podcasting. And we wanted to, you know, look into it and see, we felt like it was, it was a viable way to bring uh, more people into uh, promoting these types of things like a mm. digital book or programs, uh, things like that. So uh, we really just by chance of timing and the popularity that podcasting was, was providing and, and growing, we kind of just stumbled into it. And at that time, we started to think more seriously about it and recruit people to, you know, join us in the conversation. And this is where Sal and Doug, we, we met them and they had a similar passion that they were actually working on a program themselves that they're trying to market. And we figured that we could just align each other's efforts and really, you know, create something where we could at least have a good marketing funnel to kind of direct people in that, in that space. It just, turns out that that was the thing. That was the thing that people responded to the most was the podcast because of the chemistry that we had immediately. So mm -hmm. uh, we have totally different backgrounds uh, uh, in terms of our different style of being a personal trainer and being in the fitness industry. I personally took on a lot of clients that were more sports specific uh, and also, you know, fat loss uh, driven uh, and rehabilitative type of clients. And, and uh, Sal had a little bit more of the rehabilitative uh, wellness background, but also was, you know, into bodybuilding and and, and Adam had basically just got his pro card for being a physique competitor. So yeah. he, he was on a totally different path with that. So we all had different experiences that uh, we brought in together where we could see elements uh, of the industry that really needed to be done in a different way. And we need to expose people to uh, a better way to go for these different pursuits. So uh, mm. it, it just kind of created itself in the conversations that we had. 
and that's really where we started to take off was when people got to listen to us hashing out all these different topics and different uh, modalities out there that we either had problems with or really uh, loved and wanted people to uh, be drawn towards. So it sounds like it, it definitely came from a place of passion of wanting to share first versus going, I'm going to make a business decision. I'm going to start a podcast because I want to get clients. Because I think that people often think, oh, you know, I want to start a business, uh, sorry, a podcast is a tactical thing. And then they get into it and it's super boring. They're, um, yeah. There's no energy and they just don't really care as if they give it up because they're going in the wrong, wrong mindset with it. Yeah, I think too, uh, we were in a different stage in our careers. Um, we all had established successful businesses outside of the podcast. And so we weren't super dependent on the podcast being successful right out of the gates. And it was a unique position because we could we could record once a week, but we still had sort of our different careers that were paying the bills. But we just really enjoyed it. We really enjoyed the conversations because it allowed for a lot of things that we had issues with to uh, get other perspectives and and really fine tune our message and figure out how we could put out more valuable content that people would benefit from. Uh, so yeah, the the initial thought of the podcast wasn't to create this awesome business out of it, more to just enjoy the conversation and also hope that other people enjoyed it. Thankfully, uh, that did happen. And we didn't uh, have any plans on monetizing. So something I tell people that are just getting in the podcast industry, don't get into it uh, to try and monetize right away. Really try and find your voice and really see uh, what the audience, where they find value and what you can provide and get better at to then create uh, something that that's geared more towards the listener. Um, so it was a long process for us. We didn't monetize for about a year until we grew a substantial audience that was actually then asking us for a product, asking us for a solution mm. to a lot of the problems mm. we were presenting. Yeah, I think that's that's yeah, the key with, with everything in social media, podcasting, YouTube. Like most people look at it and think, I, I have to do this thing. I'm going to make some content. People treat YouTube channels like that. They just make videos and just put them up there. And I think it's just more apparent with podcasting because no one's going to listen if it's crap. You know what I mean? Like there has to be genuine value and interest and energy. And half of it, I think, is is your energy that you bring to it. Like if you're not passionate about the thing that you're doing, then that's going to come across. Building something like this, there's a curve to it, right? You said in the first year, it was just focusing on the audience, then making money out of it. I think people do uh, not just podcasting, but especially podcasting, they they do it for a short period, thinking it's a good idea, but because they're not invested in the message, they give it up too quickly. How long did it take you to start to notice some growth organically from, from what you were doing? Well, here's the thing. Before we even launched, we, we actually recorded about 10 episodes uh, and we had another host in the mix, but uh, some of the content was a little too, uh, let's just say raw, for, for him to then attach his brand to it. Um, he had a couple sponsors that he knew might have issues with, you know, the, the free form conversations that we were having. And so he just basically decided to leave and, and we were in a predicament where do we keep going? Do we keep pursuing this? Are doing not, and we all just came to conclude that uh, we all really enjoyed it. We thought that we were onto something. We had chemistry, and so we just kept going. Uh, so we got through that hurdle right away, and then started to release podcasts. And it was actually uh, it had to be about a month in before we actually hit uh, what was hot on uh, iTunes. 
we saw that and we got really excited and we're like, wow, people are actually really listening to us. And, and, and what I think that the reason that was, it wasn't, uh, it, again, there's, there's a lot of factors to success. A lot of it's timing, uh, a lot of it's uh, the, the type of value that you're providing. And a lot of these factors, we, we were actually pretty controversial. So we were talking about things that a lot of people were avoiding and people were searching for a lot of answers to things that they, I think too, were, were having issues with the type of content that was out there. So we, we just sort of started swinging right out of the gates and that actually paid off for us because it was so different. There was just yeah. no other podcast out there that were free form trying to be entertaining on top of providing value and, and educating the audience at the same time. So that was kind of our, our niche. We just, we just found that there was a lot of really clinical type of uh, podcasts out there that were, were very science-based, which was great. We all enjoyed them because it filled us up with knowledge, but it was very dry, very boring, mm. uh, and didn't get a lot of traction. Now, on the other end of that, you have these other like super entertaining types of podcasts that maybe were very entertainment, comedy, you know, heavy, but weren't providing very much uh, substance. So uh, we just found that maybe we'll just, we'll be somewhere right in the middle. And, mm. and try our best to, to combine it together. So we, we just kind of hit, hit in on our formula. And uh, yeah, about a month in, we, we really started to kind of take off and, and take legs with it. Was this planned, so to speak, around niching? You're looking at things going, I'm going to align myself here? Or did it kind of, with hindsight, you're looking at it thinking, this is kind of where we fell into because of who we were and our message and, and how we felt? I think somewhat it was planned, but for the most part, I think it's it's the authenticity part, um, which we were just being ourselves and we were being ourselves and not apologizing for being ourselves where mm. a lot of times I think, and I, and I used to get, I used to get really hypercritical about this of, of us being professional, but also uh, being ourselves. And mm. initially in the beginning, we were like extra being ourselves. So like what, how we would talk in the locker room, how we would talk and interact with each other when nobody else was listening. Uh, we just kind of put that out there. And I think there's a fear there for a lot of professionals that uh, they don't want people to perceive them as not being professional all the time. We're just fortunate that people were still hanging around and thought it was amusing and entertaining. But also then as they left, they found a lot of substance that they left with, uh, which is what we tried to weave in a lot of times at the end. But now we do a lot more education around our podcast and it's more planned ahead of time. There was just so many topics for us to cover initially. So we didn't plan a lot of the episodes. We just kind of went into conversation right away. But we've learned over the years that it was just a better approach to uh, bullet point out our points, you know, figure out how we're going to weave in sponsors, all that kind of stuff needed to be more organized and, and more tactful. So that's just, that just came with the evolution of the business and our growth. Do you think that's something necessary for uh, people getting into podcasting to consider? Or do you think that that's something that comes naturally as you progress through and that you should wait rather than being overly prepared, super planned out episodes for episode one? I think it's uh, it's up to whoever's doing it. I think it, if it's good, then you can get away with a lot. If you have chemistry, you can get away with things. Uh, I think for somebody getting into the podcasting space, um, 
there's there's a lot of tendency to be super organized and to ask if most most podcasts are actually uh, directed around uh, interviews, right? And so that was something that we would intermittently throw in interviews. So our model wasn't based off of like what kind of guests we were getting on the show. It was really about our own uh, experience and background and re- relatability. We were trying to relate to your average person. And so everybody has a different style is my point to this. Mm. And I don't think that uh, me prescribing that as, as a general rule uh, really has a lot of value other than I think that you have to recognize your strengths uh, that you're bringing in. You have to have something to talk about. So you have to, it's going to be a really tough go if you're not an expert in a direction um, because you're not going to be able to provide a lot of value. You might, if the entertainment side of it is what you're going to lean on, I would hope that you have some experience there in terms of um, maybe you were in the entertainment business or maybe, you know, you're a comedian or, you know, you're an actor or you have some kind of credibility in that direction versus just having a, a general conversation like you'd have with your friends. I think, Initially, that's fun, but it doesn't have any kind of staying power. So Mm. uh, if you're going to look at these days because it's so competitive, I I really feel that if you're coming in from another industry and you have some insight that you can share and be really open and, and not have all these paid walls to get to it. Uh, the, the more you give, the more, you know, people are going to respond to that. And you're going to build a really uh, great, uh, passionate audience around that. Yeah. I think that too many people try and make everything perfect, especially at kind of launch phase. Like I'm starting this thing and I, and I, they're, they're over perfecting it. And I think that it loses the authenticity, but at the same time, yeah, you don't want to just run wild and do whatever because that's not going to last uh, and, and not going to be sustainable. But especially for our listeners, it's it's not about having this perfect setup. You don't have to have all the fancy stuff and the fancy planning and everything prepped out, especially for health professionals because we have knowledge. We know stuff. It's about being authentic. And I like what you shared earlier where you, know, you said that there's this element of pushing the envelope a little bit and being authentic while still giving value and not being so restricted and, and, and professional the whole time. Because I think that gone are the days of, you know, especially in, in health, it's like doctors are not gods anymore. You know, your grandmother, maybe your mother might think so, but especially grandma. But these days we're looking for this person that we can connect to who has the information, but is relatable because we're, we're picking a, a coach for lack of better term we're picking someone to facilitate us getting an outcome not just uh, the one with the most knowledge because we are searching things ourselves, and that's the point of a podcast is to connect with people it's people i've brought on the show who ken berry for example he's got 1.2 i think it is million followers on youtube runs a youtube show great doctor but just a dude with airpods in right it's just in his office in a t-shirt talking about stuff that's relevant because he's focusing on the value and giving it authentically like a conversation rather than having a perfect setup and i think that stops a lot of people as well like a lot of people have a lot of knowledge it'd be entertaining they'd want to share it it'd help a lot of people but they worry too much about being perfect so uh, definitely yeah. now when you're looking at the landscape of podcasting now what are some key things if i was to be starting a podcast i've got knowledge maybe i pre-recorded some episodes but i just haven't launched yet are there things that i should be doing shouldn't be doing or does it not really matter when it goes about actually launching it if you know what i mean like do i just upload videos should i have a few of them you know what i mean is there is there little things like that or mm, uh, yeah i think video is something to consider uh we we've done a lot of iterating, let's just say. So we we were very much off the cuff and we, we were ready, set, go 
typical entrepreneurs where we just sort of jump off the cliff and then figure out how to build the parachute on the way down. Um, and so if, if I'm going to go back and, and sort of recreate a way that we, we could have had things maybe a little more ironed out in terms of like, uh, you know, the start of it all, uh, we would have simultaneously had our podcast uh, videos being filmed at the same time as we've launched on iTunes. And just so we have more options with platforms, and to be able to set that up on multiple platforms as well. But uh, in terms of like rules, I think that uh, each business is very unique. And I think that if you're going to think about uh, what type of business you have, I had this conversation with my sister-in-law, who's an, an attorney, and she's starting a podcast, but her whole uh, business model is completely different than ours. So the entertainment side is going to be way less necessary. It's really about the very unique niche uh, information that she's going to provide as a divorce attorney. And so to be able to help somebody through that process by giving them really relevant information uh, that's free and accessible, and then direct them to the website for extra help and coaching and things like that. So it's a little bit more enterprise type of an approach, uh, utilizing your podcast to kind of drive uh, in that direction. So she's actually going to be launching her podcast in series. So for that, it makes sense. So if she's covering a topic about like a certain case as an example, or, you know, like just to be able to really fine tune a very specific amount of information, she's going to compile it within like five to 10 episodes for a series, and then is going to launch, you know, a couple of weeks later, the next series. And that way, can sort of evaluate uh, who who is responding to that type of content, and it's just it's a totally different model than we have, and so I'm interested to see how that does. But I've seen a lot of business podcasts do the same, uh, where they interview other startup companies and then they do sort of seasons with it. Our model is very much based on our personalities. What we have done differently than most podcasts is we've tried to be consistent in providing more content than our competitors or people in our space. So a lot of people in our space will launch anywhere from two to three podcasts a week. And we do five and we do them consistently at the same time. And it's, it's reliable. And I, I feel like that's probably one of the biggest points to bring up. However you do it is how you're going to do it from then on and don't mess that up uh, and, mm. and plan accordingly. So people can rely on that. It's just like your favorite show on TV. I want to know that I could turn it on at, Again, this is a bad example because it, I'm dating myself because now you can just get TV wherever you want on whatever platform. But it used to be like Friday night, I would see my favorite show and I'd look forward to that, right? And it just builds this anticipation. And I don't want to let the audience down uh, from that respect. So again, I it, it would really depend on on what type of business model that the podcast was was kind of uh, operating off of and what their desired outcome was with it for me to give a better uh, advice in that direction yeah yeah okay if you had a we're running a podcast you were an expert in a particular area and you were looking at driving business from it and do you feel like podcasting could be the way to go to definitely drive more traffic into a business or is it more focused on nurturing an existing audience? Uh, and then what would your advice be around uh, driving people into business if you've got offers for whether it's consultation or programs, et cetera? 
Yeah, I think podcast is something everybody needs to consider now. I mean, it's it's proven itself as a powerful way to convert uh, traffic and to build trust within your consumers. This is something that hasn't really uh, been an option before to really provide something that's in-depth. It's not just like a short clip that you're trying to hook people into, um, you know, buying into the rest of your ideas. It's It's really about do they... Do they trust you or do they not? Do they believe in what you have to say and uh, are they bought in to your authority or, um, you know, uh, they're going to let you know. And, and the ones that uh, do like really buy into your philosophy and understand, you know, what you're, what you're presenting become almost uh, fervorous and, and they really want to, to, to dive deeper into anything and everything that you're going to present to them afterwards. So uh, a, a podcast audience person, a client, a potential lead is going to be exponentially uh, more valuable than I think a lot of other platforms, like even YouTube. Uh, although YouTube's probably pretty comparable because uh, it's visual and you're, you're, you know, like depending on the, the person putting out the content, you can provide a lot of really valuable content. But it, if, if they can really trust uh, in, in what you're teaching them, um, they, they tend to go through all of your products and, and uh, really, really like lock into believing in everything you're doing. And so we've found that it's been interesting to see how much power there is there in terms of people that who, who listen. And then you see maybe it's a month, maybe it's three months later where they're finally uh, diving into the product offerings that you have. But uh, we are nurturing. You brought up nurturing. I think nurturing is is the way to market these days. I think that uh, people really want to know that you have their best interests in mind and you're not just trying to hit them with a sale too mm -hmm. soon and to, to sort of um, get them before they really think about it. And so all of our efforts in terms of like where audience members go after to our website or they go through, uh, they find us on Facebook from an ad or anywhere, it's going to lead them into multiple emails, multiple pieces of content that are just trying to help them gain more understanding about losing body fat, about, uh, you know, gaining muscle, about an athletic pursuit, you know, whatever it is that they're trying to accomplish. We're going to try and provide them with multiple steps in between of free pieces of content that are valuable. They're not just fluff to get them to really buy in uh, to who we are and, you know, and what we're, what we're all about before we, we present them with a sale. Yeah. hundred percent. I think that relationship building is what's important because there, the thing is that there are 50 million different offers for everything. And so how does a person choose? They choose not just based off of the logic of it, but also the emotion of it. And the best way to build that is through engaging with that person and having conversations. And when you've got content like podcasts, et cetera, out there, that conversation's happening. Like people are listening to this and they're assessing us both, but I'm not having to do that one-on-one. -on -one. If 100,000 people watch the episode or 10 people, it means that the conversation is still happening. They're still assessing me. And I think that most of us, you know, are voyeurs at heart and wanting to, to listen and learn from the background and observe before we engage. And I think that podcasts are a great way uh, of doing that. If you're bringing energy uh, and value uh, and content that, that your audience wants, I think that's the key thing, right? There's nothing worse than yeah. listening to a show that just doesn't 
have anything to it because it's all fluff um, or it's just boring or dry because it doesn't work. It doesn't work for us when we're producing it either. What would your what would your advice be for a health professional who wants to get into starting a podcast, but they may be reserved about, is anyone going to listen? Does this make sense for me? You know, there's a whole lot of competition. Like for example, if they're a nutritionist, right? There's 50 million nutrition podcasts. Should I still do it? Like I've got a lot of people in my audience who are, who are stuck in that position of this fear of jumping into it. What advice would you give them? I would really assess like what type of information Again, a lot of this too, for me, like it, it, it stems from imposter syndrome. I think that people don't realize the value that they have within them first and foremost. What they do in person on a person-to-person basis is very valuable. It's just that you're going to scale that tremendously when you're putting it on a podcast. So whatever conversations that they can remember and recount that they've had with clients that they can talk about and how they've troubleshooted uh, through a lot of different decisions and behaviors that they were able to help them understand and mold and, and, and apply in their, in their personal life. Now you put that out there and there's a lot of people where that will resonate with them because they might be going through that personally in that moment, or maybe they have a friend or relative uh, that they can think of right away that they're like, wow, this, this is how they approach that problem. And I, I just heard this on this podcast, got really excited about it. And I want to share this with them. And you don't realize how much value that you already have based off of just the, the work that you've been doing. It's, it's really just amplifying, if you're a good practitioner, um, what all those systems look like, like what conversations you've been having with your clients. We, we, we laugh a lot of times because a lot of the conversations we have are about our clients and what um, uh, different funny stories we've had based off of whatever the subject that we're talking about that we can bring up, uh, you know, just to have it more relatable. And I think, you know, with nutrition, there's so much nutrition. There's so many different ideas out there of people pulling you in different directions, mainly because they want you to buy into the fact that this system is going to work specifically for them. Uh, where I find that there's a lot of, in terms of like looking out there at all the different ideas, you can pull from all these different ideas and piece it together. And to be able to teach that to somebody of how to, you know, be able to take those ideas, distill them down, try it out, apply what works, what doesn't work. There's a lot of uh, conversations that need to happen before, you know, somebody can really get a good grasp of themselves, how this is going to work. So you know, if you bring up just a, a, somebody trying to start out as a nutrition podcast, I mean, in itself, that subject matter, there's so many different directions you can go. Mm. And in terms of the business end of it, what we've found is we've tried so hard because there's three of us to weave in a lot of our different background experiences. So we've covered a, a really broad base of, of information um, in terms of the fitness industry. I think it's probably a smarter idea to narrow it down a bit into uh, more of a niche topic uh, to start with and really just hone in on your expertise in that direction so people can you know search specifically for that. This is something we've also learned later on is the way that you title episodes, the, the very specific content you have that stays within that subject matter, the better the, better the chances are you're going to get more downloads. Uh, mm. Because it's very much just like you'd, you'd be searching a term on, on Google. You want to know just 
what to think about that. Let's say it's paleo. Let's say it's the ketogenic diet. Let's say it's something in that direction. I want to know all the details uh, behind that and all the examples you can provide with that. And then just see how that goes and then branch out from there. But that's, that would be my advice. I love it. And, and, And I love what you said around having conversations essentially in your podcast based off of the interactions you've had with clients. I think a lot of people try and rehash stuff. Like if you're a trainer, you go, or a chiropractor, for example, I've got a lot of friends like this. It's like, okay, neck pain, let's do a bunch of content on neck stretches. And I'm like, dude, there's, there's enough neck stretch videos out there. Like someone can just YouTube it. What they want to know is what you think and what you care about yeah. and your insight, not how to do a neck stretch. And of course, some of the, you know, people can do those and they, and they do really well. But I think that as a show, uh, it's not about just ticking off the boxes. People are looking for personality. They're looking for for you, and I think if you're if you're running a podcast that is based around the conversations that you've already had in clinic, there's more authenticity to it. There's more just you, you know, in your head answering and, and providing actual value than trying to think of the best answer to give at that time, and it makes it unique. We can't be vanilla. There needs to be you know different shades there, and too many of us make. I'm going to make a nutrition podcast, and I'm just yeah. going to talk about the same stuff. Yeah, I could feel like you could provide a lot of value by telling stories. And that's something that we're always trying to make sure that we challenge ourselves to come up with the stories uh, for whatever podcast that we're doing. We all, we all have an experience, you know, whether it's with nutrition or whether it's a training modality uh, that we've either applied personally or we've applied with our client. And people resonate the most with stories because it's, it's that relatability. I think that you don't get that from textbooks and you don't get that from your really super informative videos or super informative mm. podcasts. Really, like the, the the best response we've gotten from everything we've done has been the way that, again, it's the personality is part of it for sure, but also it's the stories and, and the way that they can kind of see themselves uh, in those situations and struggling through those same struggles. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, dude, this has been an awesome episode. Uh, where can our audience connect with you online? So you can connect with me. I pretty much only live on Instagram. Uh, I'm at Mind Pump Justin. We also have uh, at uh, Mind Pump Media is another one. We have a website, mindpumpmedia.com, uh, which we also have our podcast with show notes and everything there as well. So you could find us through that. All our digital programs, uh, which has different pursuits. So if your goal is fat loss or your goal is to build muscle or your goal is to get more mobile and pain-free, we have different types of programs out there that we've specifically tailored to that specific goal. So that's in our MAPS programs and that's on mapsfitnessproducts.com. Amazing. I'll definitely make sure that's in the show notes. Thank you so much. You enjoy the rest of the evening. Take care. Right on. Thanks for having me on. Thank you for listening to the show. If you like the episode, please hit subscribe and leave us a review. I'd really appreciate it as it helps us get our episodes out to more people just like you who want to know how to increase their revenue, impact more people and build businesses that work for the lifestyle they want. Now, I know your time is valuable and I know that you are here to learn the secrets to success in your health business. So I have something special for you just for checking out the episode. Now, if you're a health professional, coach or trainer in business and you're serious about growing a profitable, impactful business, then pay attention because as a listener of the show, I want you to win. And so I've created a host of resources available exclusively for listeners of the show. So if you're tired of trying to figure out this game of business, marketing and sales all on your own, 
and you're ready to just implement what's already proven to work rather than reinventing the wheel, I want you right now to go and check out healthcarebusinesssecrets.com forward slash insider. That's healthcarebusinesssecrets.com forward slash insider. And there you'll find over $5,000 worth of trainings, resources, and coaching available only for listeners of the show. Again, that's healthcarebusinesssecrets.com forward slash insider. There I'll give you resources on everything from how to acquire 10 times more of your ideal clients using social media and paid ads, even referrals, how to increase your client conversion into packages at an 80 to 90% conversion rate like me, how to retain your clients for longer, getting them better results and making them happier, how to increase your prices and charge a premium to work with you and how you can build a six, multi-six, even seven-figure practice just like I did but with a tenth of the time and a tenth of the effort. What I want you to realize is that everything I teach comes from exactly what I did to have success and still have success in my own health business and I want to share that with you so you can have success too. So go check out healthcarebusinesssecrets.com forward slash insider right now and let me help you win big in your health business. Also remember to subscribe for two episodes every week full of the secrets to have success in your health business as well as leave us a review so we know what you thought of the show. And I'll see you on the next episode.